Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Welcome to the She Slays the Day podcast with Dr. Lauren Brunslick. Direct, soulful, comedic, advice for female chiropractors' most stagnating questions. Let's talk business, marriage and relationships, momming, and self-development. Here's your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick. Hey everyone, this is Lauren Brunslick and I am your host of the She Slays the Day podcast. I'm super pumped that you're spending this time with me. So, Thank you. Um, Weekly slays are live now, y'all. So, okay, if you don't know what this is, you're totally left out. Oh my gosh, FOMO. No, so this was a weird brainchild um, that I got on a run. I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about the fact that I do a lot of my thinking on runs and that's where my friends will get really weird winded voicemails for me. But anyway, so I got it after someone had sent me a review saying, I wish I could have you on speed dial to kick me in the butt and tell me to take a chill pill. And I was like, huh, that'd be funny. And then, it, you know, then mile after mile, I was like, oh my gosh, what if I could just send them little like blurbs of like, you go girl, he's a jerk. I don't know, all the other stuff you say to your friends. So these are short little inspirational kick-ass emails from me, and they're going to get delivered Sunday nights to your inbox. So you can not only start out your Monday with a fun little like goal for a goal and focus for the week, but also to have you chuckle. Because um, honestly, like I think a lot of times we take this whole self-growth thing a bit serious because I mean it is it's for real hard work and if you're not crying while you're doing self-growth you're probably doing it wrong but sometimes hopefully we can laugh so if you haven't signed up yet do me a favor and do that uh, go to sheslayspodcast.com forward slash besties and you will get these free little fun emails as well speaking of besties um this review is so sweet. I mentioned it last week that I thought she didn't actually get it submitted. Um, and it ended up being this like voicemail in my DMs and it made my day, but it came through. So she did do something right. So it is titled jumped through hoops to review. And this is by Jesse. Oh gosh. How do I say that last name? Lillajord. Um, I don't know. Close enough. So it says, Dr. Lauren was totally worth it. I literally had to watch a YouTube video to figure out how to leave a review for this podcast. Now, I wasn't originally a big podcaster, and I certainly don't love listening to all things chiropractic, even though I'm a chiropractor. <laughs> yeah, me too, girl. Uh, but my dear friend, Dr. Ashley Elmer, suggested I have a listen and said she wasn't dry like most chiros. Not her words, mine. Oh, just throwing Ashley under the bus. <laughs> Where I go with this is to tell you that Dr. L is actually hilarious and full of tangible content. Where was she when we were all learning the business side of Cairo? Oh, wait, we were never taught. Ooh, tangent. Oh, she just preached. Anyways, thank goodness for this woman. She's making chiropractic fun and professional. I'm beyond pumped that she has the courage to change perspective while laughing along the way. Heart emoji, Jesse. Five stars. Boom. Jesse. Thank you. Like, if you, you guys, that that just, it seriously made my day. I really, really appreciate it. And if you're going to leave me a review like that, you bet your ass I am going to read it on the episode. 
And actually, Jesse, um, whenever you get around to listening to this episode, send me a DM uh, with your address and I will hook you up with some free She Slays the Day stickers just because that's freaking awesome. And I appreciate your willingness to learn how to post reviews that will you'll use that hopefully again in life. So uh, today's guest, woo! I am so excited. If I would have known how much I talked about the Enneagram just publicly, I probably should have had her on like episode two or three. But today's guest is Ashton Whitmore Ober, and she's an Enneagram coach. So if you haven't heard me talk about the Enneagram or maybe I didn't say that word, but I said like, well, I'm a three. Um, that's all Enneagram terminology. So if you've been living under a rock, this episode's going to be great. And maybe if you've taken a quiz, you know it. This will also really help your further understanding. So she has a degree in psychology and master's in community psychology and social change. Um, in addition, she has a background in running a successful retail small business and now coaches people just like you and I to help find their Enneagram type and how to use it to their benefit to be awesome and successful. So before we get into that discussion, though, I have to tell you about something awesome. If you haven't checked out the page, sheslayspodcast.com forward slash savings, you need to. So we've got 10% off the beautiful spine and musculoskeletal system watercolor paintings of Sandy Spines. Um, I have her artwork in my clinic. They're gorgeous. So check out her gorgeous Etsy store for not just 10% off, but a free sticker when you use promo code SHESLACE. We also got you 20% off your first month of health and fitness coaching with Megan Sanvey. Um, if you don't know who she is, go listen to episode 10, where I just like let my embarrassing side show um, and all of my insecurities. You're going to hear her helping me through some of my own, I don't know, mental bullshit that I carry around my weight and body image. And she can help you with your bullshit too. Yeah. So mention She Slays when you're doing your first intro call and you'll save 20% off your first month. And then lastly, one of my favorite new media resources we added to our pediatric and prenatal clinics in 2019 is something called the Progressive App by Connected and Inspired Media. So this app was actually a callback to Ashley Elmer up in the review. She was one of the founders of this app. So it helps you, the doctor, save time in delivering things like stretches and exercises and other educational tools to the pregnant women and the moms and dads in your clinic. So, and of course, save 20% off your first month by mentioning, you guessed it, She Slays. So now that we've done that fun part, let's all bow our heads in prayer, unless you're driving um, or exercising or doing anything else that it would be dangerous for you to bow your head. You don't, you don't bow your head. But if you're currently loading the dishwasher or folding laundry, go ahead and just stop for 30 seconds, take a breath and be present with me. God, if you wanted each of us to be put in a box of a personality, you probably would have tattooed it on our asses. Um, so as we indulge in this awesome conversation on the Enneagram, please, please remind us that this is just a tool to better understand ourselves and how to be fulfilled on Earth. We, we believe you want that for us. This is supposed to be fun, um, but also to do the work of facilitating your purpose for us. Uh, don't let us get too buzzworthy on like I'm a three and restrict us from the growth that you have intended for us. So you're awesome. You know what you're doing. I think you're very cool. Amen. With that, here is my conversation with Enneagram coach Ashton Whitmoyer Ober. Okay, so Ashton, I am so excited that we finally got on the call together. <laughs> okay, I just have to share with people um, before we like intro, you know, and you tell us all your jazz, um, how in tuned we are energetically. So we have, what was it? Was it scheduled two weeks ago? Or yeah. Something? We yeah. both checked. Mercury was not in retrograde. It wasn't, but it felt like it. It really it was. Did. It was insane. <laughs> All day long, I remember just like sitting at like 1.30 and I was just like telling my husband, I'm like, I'm just sad. He's like, why are you sad? I'm like, I don't know. I just feel off. I know. <laughs> so we were scheduled to record that night and you yeah. told me like, I'm sorry. I just can't do it either. And I'm like, I was having a day. I remember that. And it was like drama at work, which I 
just drains me anyways. And I was like, how am I going to record this call and be like, oh yeah. And the Enneagram, it's amazing. Even though like my life sucks right now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So why don't you kind of give us your background, how you got, because I know you have lots of jobs, like how you kind of got into this Enneagram wing of your life. You see what I did there? Wing? Yeah, I liked it. I like a good pun. Um, Yeah, so I um, am a certified Enneagram coach, but it is, like you said, just one of many hats that I wear. I have in my bachelor's degree in psychology and my master's degree in psychology. And so um, psychology has kind of always been like my area of expertise, I'd say. So you know, in classes and stuff that I took, we always were taught different personality tests, like Myers-Briggs, Strengths Finders, things like that, that tell you, that do a really good job of telling you who you are. But what I felt was missing was these tests would tell you who you are. And then that's kind of just like, it is what it is. That's who you are. And then they didn't give you any tools for like growth or anything. Um, and when I discovered the Enneagram, I was like, this is amazing. This is what I've been missing because not only does it give you a tool for how to grow and be your best self, but it doesn't just tell you who you are. In fact, it doesn't even tell you who you are at all. It tells you why you do the things that you do. And so the motivation behind the behaviors. So two people can do the same thing, but it's the motivation behind why they're doing it that might be different. Oh, yeah, that is, I never knew that aspect of it. And that's huge. Mm -hmm. Um, I heard a rumor. uh, I don't remember what podcast it was on, but they were the other the woman talking was like an Enneagram. Well, no, she was a therapist. That's what she was. Mm -hmm. And she was asked about the Enneagram. And she said that the Enneagram, the fact that it's like public knowledge now is um, kind of insane to her because it used to be like this language that only mental health experts would like really know about. Have you, Mm -hmm. is this a complete rumor? Yeah. And so a lot of people ask me like, why do you think that um, it's become so popular? Because I was talking to a coworker about it and he was saying that back in the eighties, it uh, what like had a surge again. So it was brought over to the United States in about the sixties, the eighties, it kind of had a surge and then it died down. And then recently, as you know, and your listeners probably know, it's been, um, hugely popular on social media. And so that literally is what I tell people all the time is social media didn't exist before. Right. And so somebody grasped this concept of, we're going to post this publicly on a public platform where people can tune in and, you know, read things that resonate with them. And it just kind of took off from there. Yeah. It's, um, I've had multiple people who have taken it and said, I have never felt like a test understood me or like a personality test Mm -hmm. understood me this well. So yeah, that makes sense. That's insert social media and you have a really good, I don't even want to call it a personality test. It's probably not a personality test, but, but. yeah, that's a whole other topic. Yeah. Of the test. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I interrupted you. So how did you then, so you learn about the Enneagram. So how did you start becoming a coach? Yeah. So I work in, I don't know if I would call it the mental health field, but I work um, in the nonprofit world for my state's coalition against sexual violence. So that's kind of my first area of expertise is intimate partner violence and sexual violence prevention. And so when I started researching and learning about the Enneagram, I just was kind of doing it for myself because I like looked, you know, I had graduated and I needed something to do with my life. And so um, I decided to do that and started posting what I learned on my Instagram account, which is Enneagram Ashton. And so then through that, I started having multiple people message me and asking them to like help them figure out their type. 
Do you do coaching? What can you help? Can you help me with this area of my life? Like I'm feeling really stressed out and how do I grow through that? And so I was like, you know what, this is kind of, I, I am a psychologist when I work with, um, people on healthy relationships, like I am coaching them through that. And so I might as well take that step to become a certified Enneagram coach. Got you. Okay. So let's jump into it because anybody who doesn't know anything about the Enneagram right now is going like, what the F is the Enneagram? Will you just tell me? (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to let you describe it however you want. So the Enneagram is an ancient typing tool. And so Ennea stands for um, nine in Greek and gram stands for um, like a picture or graphic. And so those of you who aren't familiar with the Enneagram, it literally is a circle with uh, lines on it. And so the lines depict um, the nine different types and the connections within those types. So it all sounds really, really confusing and hard to um, explain without actually like showing the image in front of me. Yeah, the ADD in me is literally like um, trying to stay super present and not look for that image on my phone. Yeah, no, you're (laughs) like, I want to see. We'll get it up there for your listeners so that they can um, see it and make the connection because each type, so there are nine types and each type is then connected to two numbers. And we call those numbers there where they go in growth when they're experiencing growth and then their stress line. So where they are experiencing stress. So for example, I'm a two which I know we'll get into the numbers specifically, but I'm a two, which means that I'm the helper. And when I am experiencing growth, I take on healthy qualities of a four, which is the individualist. And when I am stressed out or in a period of stress, I take on the negative qualities of an eight, which is um, trying to gain control over my situation. I'm so glad to hear you that you didn't just say one in three because I know we're going to get to wings. (laughs) Yeah. Like I thought that was it is that like Mm -hmm. I could, I'm a three and I thought like I could only ever go between a two and a four and I'm like, oh, hell no. I got a lot of. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But so threes, threes and eights. I mean this, I feel like we could talk about this for hours. Threes and eights are sometimes mistypes. So then there are some types that can look similar because again, it's that behavior. So you might want to feel like you need to be in control, but is that because you want to be seen as valuable, like a three, or because you have this fear of like not being able to be in control, which is like an eight. Yeah. So it can be challenging. Yeah, I was going to say, can I be both? Mm -hmm. Is it too much to go through one through nine, like quickly? No. Okay. No, I think, I think that's helpful for people. And obviously this isn't going to be like an all encompassing description of all nine types, um, but it's just a place to get started. So the one, so I was trained by Beth McCord, who is um, your Enneagram coach.com. And so a lot of different teachers and Enneagram experts use different titles of the type. Sometimes you might see like for one, you might see the reformer or you might see the moral perfectionist, which is what I'm going to use. Um, but just know that they are all, the types are all the same. So one, one is the moral perfectionist. So they are motivated by a need to feel good or um, motivated by a need to be good (laughs) and feel good maybe, but to be seen as like a good person. So they are rule followers. They um, are the ones who like order and structure. Some people call them perfectionists, but it's not necessarily like a perfectionist in that everything needs to be like orderly and clean. It's whatever is perfect to them in their minds. And so there are some ones who like say, I don't care if my house is chaotic because that's what feels right to me. Mm -hmm. So they want to be good, be right. um, And to be seen as somebody who has their shit together. (laughs) Yeah. Um, anything else you want me to share about the types? No, I think that's good. So then, okay. So the twos are the supportive advisor 
also sometimes called the helper. And so the twos are motivated by a need to feel wanted or loved. And so they are often known as givers as well. And so a big downfall of twos is are they giving to receive appreciation or are they giving because they genuinely want to help somebody out? So you're not a two if you're doing it just to get appreciated. Oh, no, you can be a two, but you can be an unhealthy two. Because a lot of twos just want to hear that appreciation. And um, so you really, twos really have to like check their heart, check their motivations behind why they're helping somebody. Like, are they helping someone to receive that recognition? Or are they helping someone because they actually want to help them? Gotcha. So threes are the successful achiever. They're motivated by a need to um, be seen as valuable. And so threes are interesting because um, they can look a lot like eights, but they actually have a lot of feelings involved and yeah, so everyone, you heard her say it I do have feelings where I'm like am I a sociopath <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that's funny um and so sometimes they can struggle with vanity because they want to be seen as the best at everything that they do and because of that need to feel valuable or be seen as valuable. Damn. You're nodding your head. I know. I'm like, oh, okay, I think I need coaching. <laughs> right. Move on to fours. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you can see like in all of the types too, where like I always say the Enneagram is not this like warm and fuzzy thing that is making everybody feel great about themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Like when I first read the thing about twos and I was like, oh shit, am I actually like, like, why do I always volunteer to do everything at work? Like, why do I do that? And so like, it causes you to really like, think about why you're doing things. And that's the part of like the Mm self-growth and the self-actualization that can occur through the Enneagram. Okay. Anyways, the four is the romantic individualist. And so they are motivated by a need to feel significant or unique. And so they want to, it's interesting because they want to stand out, but they also kind of want to be like the black sheep. So it's, it's an interesting, fours are um, hugely creative and artistic people. They really want to latch on to their individual individuality. And so they want people to see them for who they are okay, and not for like what the world tells them they should be. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, fives are the investigative thinker. So they are motivated by a need to be seen as capable and competent. And so they are typically more reserved than other types. They are most of the time introverts. I'm waiting for somebody to prove me wrong because I don't think I've met an extroverted five yet. Um, So they are mostly introverts because they keep everything to themselves and that's mostly knowledge. So they, I always call them like the walking Google searches that you can ask them anything and they will either have the answer or they'll find it. Um, The thing about that, their, their biggest downfall is they keep everything inside. And so um, they have a tendency to explode at times when um, they aren't effectively communicating okay. their wants, needs, desires, etc. Okay. The sixes are the loyal guardian. So the biggest stereotype about sixes is that they struggle with anxiety and absolutely they do. But, um, you know, that's not the only type that struggles with anxiety and that's not the only thing about them. So they are motivated by a need to feel safe and secure, which obviously like goes hand in hand with anxiety. Um, but they want to feel comfortable to feel safe and secure in whatever they do. And so the loyal part is that they are loyal almost to a fault. They will stay in jobs longer than they should they'll stay in relationships longer than they should um even like friendships that they've had for years and years and years and so um i mean that can be really great and to relationships but also can be a downfall for them 
just and they do worry a lot yeah do you see a lot of sixes in your coalition work with like I mean I don't want to I'm not blanking no it's fine of like do sixes stay in traumatic relationships longer but like yeah and that's a really good point because I don't work with victims anymore I used to Mm -hmm. and so I wish that I would have had the language of the Enneagram when I was working with them because I think that it would have been interesting to see um, the trauma associated with people and how that affects Enneagram. Now, there are conflicting views about if your Enneagram type is with you from day one or if it's something that is developed Um, I am part of the tribe that believes that it is with you from day one. And then when you're going through traumatic experiences, um, how you relate or how you work through them is based off of your Enneagram type. You can also see this a lot like, um, nines will go to sixes when they are stressed. And so sometimes people have a difficult time figuring out their Enneagram type if they're living in a constant state of stress. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So sevens. Sevens are the entertaining optimists. These are the most outgoing type on the Enneagram. Um, Again, there can be that whole introverted extroverted thing is tricky, but there can be some introverted sevens, but it's not very common because they, um, are driven by a need to experience new things. And so they'll always want to try to find something new, a new experience. Um, they are kind of burying like pain. So they don't ever want to like sit with painful experiences. They want to cover it up with something fun and joyous and happy. And so they are the ones who are like, spur of the moment types of people they're like down to do whatever whenever they don't need any time to like process their plan okay um, <laughs> for a second there I was like oh I could be seven and then you said that. I'm like no no well, I'm not threes seven. and sevens are look similar sometimes it's just because um, but that threes. yeah that is a huge thing that is different there eights are the protective challengers so they like I said earlier are motivated by a need to be in control so control of like themselves their situation their environment and they fear um, kind of like being harmed they struggle with vulnerability they never really want to like sit and identify their feelings they often have walls up Um, they're extremely assertive and so the biggest downfall I see about eights is that sometimes they don't recognize who they're talking to or who they're communicating with and just assuming that everybody communicates in the same ways that they do. Mm. And so um, one of the biggest thing I hear from people about AIDS is that they think that their eight friend is yelling at them when in fact that's actually just the way that they talk. And so not like understanding that, um, some people might not be able to like handle the harshness in their tone as much as they do because they don't think that they're yelling or being harsh with their tone at all. Yep. Yep. I am trying so hard not to just totally derail this whole thing and again, turn it into a personal coaching thing of like, yeah, but it's not like if you know me, you know, I love you. So you should know, like, I didn't yeah. mean it that way when I said it, like, God, <laughs> anyways, nines. <laughs> so nines are the peaceful mediators. So they are motivated by a need to keep the peace around them and to eliminate all conflict. So they hate, pretty much despise any sort of conflict because it's messing up the peace that's around them. Um, So they are hugely empathetic. They, I always say like everybody wants to be friends with a nine because they are like, just seem to be such nice people. Um, but they're also professionals at playing the devil's advocate. So if you want somebody to give you an answer on what you should do, like don't go to a nine because they will make you create a pros and cons list and you'll be <laughs> looking at all sides of the story and you're like, no, you should have told me that I'm not supposed to be friends with that person anymore because they did this to me. So <laughs> I don't want to see another point of view. <laughs> yep. Got it. Okay. So I, um, can see myself in so many of them. And, mm-hmm. um, so I 
Oh, I have so many questions. I'm trying not to ask seven at the same time. Um, okay, so how do you recommend people find out their type? So there's this whole thing about tests because a lot of people, um, when they're first figuring out the Enneagram, they go and they take a test online. And I don't have anything against tests. I think they're great tools, but that's not where you should begin or where you should land. Because when we're taking tests, sometimes we answer questions in the way that we want others to perceive us versus who we are or really what we do. And tests are almost marking like those behaviors instead of like the motivation behind the behaviors. With that being said, I think that youreneagramcoach.com does a great job at their test. But again, I wouldn't land there. So if you, you know, get an answer that you are, your top three scores are like three, seven, and eight, I wouldn't just land like, oh, it said I'm a seven, so I must be, or it said I'm a three, so I must be a three. It's important to read all of the ins and outs of the top three or top two types to really see which one resonates with you and go from there because again, it's, it's motivation based. And so there are things that you might not even realize about yourself until you are reading some of those things. Like I said earlier, like, am I helping volunteering to help all the time? Like, what is my motivation behind that? Okay. So once you kind of find the one that you resonate with the most, then do you go to the chart and the chart, like the circle chart, and that will tell you where you go in times of growth and stress. And if you chose the right one that you resonated with, those should feel really true. Yes. So when people are struggling to figure out their type, I always recommend to think about how you are when you're stressed out. And so for example, if I was struggling with my type, And I was able to say like some things that I do when I'm stressed, like I need to be in control of my environment. I become a little bit more assertive. Then I'm like, oh, that sounds like an eight. And then I can look and see, oh, twos go to eight when they're stressed. Okay. So it's just another way to figure out your type and to understand Uh, yourself better. Yeah. Are there some people who are just non-typable? So like my husband got a five-way tie. So again, he looked at the test. He got a five-way tie for for like first place and then a two-way tie for second place. And then I think eight was probably like his last one. Um, I didn't get any points. And so then I was like, oh, I learned that you're supposed to like look at the fears and the motivations behind them and that the tests are well. And then he looked at him and he's like, I can see myself in all of these. And then I told him he was annoying and like, that the Enneagram wasn't for him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. So, you know, it's interesting because I literally could sit here and say things about every single type that resonate with me. Mm -hmm. So like ones, I need to like have things in a specific order. Two, I, you know, I'm a two, three, I am like an entrepreneur at heart. I've had multiple businesses. Like I have this need to succeed. Yeah. I have like 25,000 jobs right now. Um, fours, I, you know, am hugely empathetic. I can be creative. I'm a musician. Fives, I, like I said, researching the Enneagram, I'm obsessed with researching. I loved writing my 100 page thesis for grad school because it was like, totally up my alley. Sixes, I struggle from anxiety. Sevens, I can be like, really personable and outgoing. Eights, if I need to be assertive, I can. And nines, I am a pretty good mediator. So like I have traits of myself in all of the types, but again, it goes back to the motivations behind doing things. And so what resonates the most? And it might be, it's not, might not take like 30 minutes to figure it out. It might even take some people um, six months. I have people that have been working with me for two months and they're still like wrestling with what type are they? And we're just going through it, going through the process together to figure it out. Um, To have a second, it's, it's nice for them to have a second perspective on some of their things. Can I ask a semi-assholeish question? I'm going to. (laughs) You're like, no. Um, Okay, so for somebody, when you say 
that, you know, there's somebody who's spending two months plus trying to figure out what their type is. Mm-hmm. My brain goes to, well, who the heck cares that much? Like if it's nice and semi easy, great. But like, dude, move on with like growth in life. Like stop waiting for two months trying to figure out your Enneagram. So yeah. And <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> that person, it's hard for me because a lot of the time I can sit there and say pretty confidently what type they are. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, and can you see me? Sorry. Um, when you are, you're not supposed to type somebody. And so like, that's really important for me to sit there and not be like, Hey, you're actually a nine. You You know, you know what this person is typically just because of like the patterns and the things that they're saying. Mm -hmm. Um, but you're not supposed to type somebody because you don't, you don't actually know the motivations behind their behaviors. Just this weekend, my mom and my sister were like, Hey, we think you're a three. And I was like, what the heck are you talking about? Like I, yeah, I was like, (laughs) I am the expert here. You freaks. But what are you talking about? And it was my birthday. And so my mom had just gotten me like, a shirt that said the helper, the helper, the helper. And then like a hat that said two. And she was like, I think I need to change the stitching on the hat because I think you're a three. And I was like, just because I have 25,000 jobs right now does not mean that I'm a three. Like that is not the same thing. I was like, remember it's motivation. And so if your listeners take anything away from this, it's the motivation behind the types and why it's important to not type somebody because you can see multiple people doing something and not knowing the, the motivation behind why they're doing it. That makes sense. Okay. Um, so what's up with the wings? Yeah. So interesting. Yes. Your wing is on either side of your Enneagram. So a common misconception is that it can be just like your second favorite number or whatever, but that's not the case. So I have a lot of people that comment on my things. They're like, I'm a nine wing too. And I'm like, that's not possible in a nice way, obviously. Um, But it's because your wings are on either side of your type. So an ideal type who is healthy and working towards growth would be able to access both numbers on either side. Um, and you're want, going to want to access like obviously the healthy side of those types. So for me, I definitely lean more towards the three, but I have some one tendencies as well. And so part of my growth is being able to access the one wing more frequently to pull out some of those qualities. Okay. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like, it's in you. And like, like you said, so mm-hmm. part of growing is like, if I were a three and I was like, no, I can't do, I can't be four. You would yeah. be like, yeah, you can. You're just mm-hmm. like, it, it's naturally like, if I told you I can't be a six, you might be like, well, that's possible type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but like, since I'm a quote unquote three, then like it is in me somewhere. It just may need to be um, nurtured to yeah. come out more often. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's a really good, this is good. This is really helping me. Thanks. I actually don't have a podcast. I just did this to (laughs) bribe you on. uh, Like this is all just for me. (laughs) Okay. So the next question I have then is our, and I kind of alluded to it when I asked about like victims and I didn't mean it to be a dick. Any of the sixes out there are like, um, but are there more, common types for entrepreneurs versus um non-entrepreneurs I guess yeah so I think that it's probably more common to see threes being entrepreneurs just because they um, are typically like goal setters and goal achievers they're driven by um kind of like other people's views of them. And so they want to like be seen as successful. Mm -hmm. So threes are probably the most um, obvious type for entrepreneurs, but anybody can be an entrepreneur, right? And it's part of like nurturing those 
characteristics. So like me being a two and being an entrepreneur, um, I have to rely heavily on my three wing to, um, to be able to set those goals and achieve them for nines. I always think of nines because nines are, are sometimes called the sloth because they're slow to get started. Um, they're typically the type on the Enneagram that procrastinates the most, but when they're in a really, really healthy spot, they go to the healthy characteristics of a three and then they are able to like knock things out of the park. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just wrapping my head around all of this. <laughs> so then are there, um, is there a type when you're coaching that everybody wishes they were? You said like that it can be kind of brutal reading your type and being like, oh God, is that yeah. for me? But like, is there a type that everybody like wishes they were? Everyone wants to be a nine. That's really what I have um, experienced anyways, mm-hmm. is that people want to be a nine. And when they want to be a nine, usually they aren't a nine. And so we have to <laughs> work Break that. to them gently. Yeah. I'm really sorry. You're not. A um, I mean, people, people definitely like being seen as twos as well. And I think that's why for a while I was fighting it. I was like, I'm not a two. I feel like everyone's a two. And like, I don't know. I don't want to be like everyone, but, but then looking back onto those, um, motivations, it, it was very clear to me that I was a two. Um, yeah, most people love the idea of being a nine just because they are peaceful and warm and cuddly and they're all about, you know, making other people feel at peace as well. And so that's typically one that I see often. Okay. So what is, all right, so you go through this process, you find out where you are in growth, you find out where you're in success, you find your wings, um, and you feel like you understand, you, you get a, a baseball cap with your number embroidered on it. What do you do with that information then? Like, yeah. So it depends how far you want to take it, right? Like I work with a lot of people who are like struggling within their type, or maybe they are living in more of a stressful spot of their type and they want to get to a place of um, growth. And so you can work on that. You can work on specific areas. Um, My favorite thing, one of my favorite things about the Enneagram is being able to relate to other people. And so I think it's, it's easy when you're reading a book about the Enneagram to just read ahead to the chapter that's about you. But I think even more so it's important to learn about other people and other types so that you can know how like a two and a seven relate to each other and how that friendship could work or how that romantic relationship could work. Um, I am a researcher at heart. So I, I will always say like, keep digging in and learning more about you and about the people who are around you. Um, but it's really what you want to do with it and what you want your Enneagram journey to look like. Yeah, it makes sense that like, cause I mean, this isn't my first rodeo with, uh, like I'm a personality test junkie, self-help book junkie. Um, and I would say now compared to like four years ago before I understood, um, like my strength finder, my disc and my Enneagram, uh, it's just kind of a shortcut to understanding you've said it a bunch of times, like my motivations, but then once you understand your underlying motivations and fears in life, it just kind of adds this multiple layer of like other things just make more sense. So like if I'm very sad because I went to a conference, um, like just know, you know, like I can go like, okay, why am I sad? It can help me get out of it faster if I'm able to like fall back on what I know about myself, right? Like it just kind of makes life easier. It's almost, I mean, this is taking personality and dumbing it down a lot but like it's almost like knowing your like body type and what clothes look good on you and it's like we don't have to but shopping is going to be a lot more difficult and you're going to grab clothes that totally don't look good on you and then you're going to risk getting sad and then you know so like it just kind of helps you get in and out of tough situations yeah absolutely okay so one final question 
Um, this has been so good, by the way. Thank you. Awesome. Um, I want something ridiculous that people can like, because I go through the one through nine. I've heard it so many times and I can never remember. So like, what are like a Disney princess of each type or like something like that, that I could be like, okay, three is this person, you know, like, cause I need, I need a visual because words just aren't sticking in my head. So before I go through the Disney princesses, I just want to reiterate that it's okay, you can't type hard that. to type people. <laughs> But because this is for fun, right, um, there are some characteristics that we can see in certain Disney princesses. It's just the way that it is. So for ones, which remember I said are the moral perfectionists, I chose Moana for that. Because Moana is driven by justice. They want to be seen as good right? She struggles with, Moana's like my favorite Disney movie. Um, She struggles with wanting to be seen as good to her parents and to her family. And so that's why I would pick one for Moana. A lot of rule breaker, I tell (laughs) you. I know. I know she is. And so I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. Um, A lot of people will automatically say like, oh, well, Cinderella's one because she's like, into order and cleaning but like she was forced <laughs> to clean she yep, was forced I, I learned this that ones are not necessarily tidy right 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 so one moana for twos i picked snow white because of the helper in her mm-hmm. so i just think of like her helping the seven dwarves just being like this kind and generous person wanting to like take them in and take care of them as Snow White. Yeah, perfect. For three, I picked Mulan because she wants to be the best and she wants to be the perfect daughter. She wants to be, um, you know, this hero in her um, community and she wants to be like the first female, right? And so I just see her as being like this kick-ass, take charge type of person. Yeah. Is it okay that I'm swearing on here, by the way? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, whoops. I didn't even notice. I'm so used to swearing. I didn't even notice. Did you just swear? Oh, I yeah, did. Kick-ass. Oh. Yeah, but earlier I said shit, you know, you just oh, never know. Um, so for four, I picked Sleeping Beauty because of the romanticism behind the fours. And so she, you know, wants to be unique and she wants to be loved for who she is. And so I just immediately thought of Sleeping Beauty for that one. Five, I picked Belle because of her love of knowledge. And so she, you know, is always reading books, wanting to learn as much as she can, um, kind of keeping to herself in, in her community and not, you know, I, I feel like I have all these songs in my head now. I know. <laughs> you know I'm like picturing her I'm like still on the moving around though. with her book. This is mine in the scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah six I picked Elsa and so this one I could maybe catch some (laughs) shit for but you know she is super loyal like loyal to her sister loyal to her kingdom or whatever they call it um and so loyal that she removed herself from it because she knew she was a danger yeah and so I think of that and I think of you know, her being afraid of causing harm on the people that she loved and and not being able to um, be a source of security. Seven, I picked um, Ariel. So she's just, you know, outgoing. And I mean, she freaking has like a lobster for a best friend. Like anybody who has a lobster for a best friend, I feel like it has to be a seven. <laughs> Whoever uses a fork in her hair. I mean, come on. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So she like craves new experiences. She wants to have legs, right? Like, yeah. so she is craving the new world and everything. Um, so yeah, that's why I picked Ariel for seven. For eight, I picked Merida from Brave because 
she and to be honest like I don't I feel like I've probably seen this movie the least amount of times um but from what I do remember she just was kind of badass Mm -hmm. and like you know, again, like kicking ass and taking names and wanting to make sure that nobody controlled her and she was able to like control her own path. Yeah. And then nine is where I put Cinderella because she does. Yeah, I was going to guess, but I didn't want to. Yeah. Like, if I was wrong, I didn't want to. Because <laughs> she does want everybody around her to experience peace and comfort. And, um, you know, she was like even really, really nice to her stepsisters, even when they were like total jerks to her. Right. And her little animals, like she just wants them to be happy. And so, yeah, she has a mouse as a friend, not nearly as cool as a lobster. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) Ashton, thank you so much. Tell people where they can find you if they want more of you. Yeah, so I am on Instagram. Follow along at Enneagram Ashton. And then you can visit my website at www.enneagramashton.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much for having me. Um, She Slayers, I hope that this, I mean, I think it's normal that this would probably crack open a ton more questions. If you were brand new, I think we could have talked for five hours, mostly just about me and what my problems are with life and why I don't have assumptions. Um, but uh, maybe we'll have you back in a few months. Yeah. Round two. So, all right. Until next week, She Slayers. Bye. Hey, She Slayers. Are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait.